Hi, I'm Shanna. Welcome to Pro Organizer Marketing Made Simple. Each week, we'll dive into simple, effective ways to attract new clients for your professional organizing business. Let's jump in. Thank you so much, Amy, for joining me. Um, Amy Tokus from NAPO is here. And will you tell us exactly what NAPO stands for? NAPO stands for National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. And it's yes. NAPO.net is the website. And we have, you know, um, a membership filled with productivity and organizing professionals all over the world, really. Wonderful. And you are the president of the organization. Yes. You are also yourself a certified professional organizer and productivity consultant. Yes. Uh, you are the founder of your own business, Freshly Organized LLC in Omaha. Yes. You also have a podcast, Your Real Ideal. Your yes. Real, Your Ideal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. And then you also do um, media and speaking. I do. I, you know, kind of cover it all. <laughs> right. I know. I just kind of was going through my bullet points. <laughs> so I say all of this to say that you are highly qualified to talk with us yeah, <laughs> about the state of the industry for professional organization. Yes. So NAPO, from what I read on the website, has over 3,500 members worldwide. Is mm-hmm. that still accurate? Yes. Okay. And um, that your association is dedicated to helping people and organizations bring order and efficiency to their lives. You've been a member since 2008. Yes. Is that when you also started your business or when did you start your, um, your uh, professional organizing business? All, everything happened in 2008. Okay. <laughs> so, I, I decided, so I was changing careers and deciding what I wanted to do. And I decided I wanted to do organizing and productivity consulting. And um, I found NAPO. NAPO was my first resource of, okay, how do I do this? What do yeah. I do? What's the first step? So that's, it all happened at once. And so you didn't just um, start your organizing business and take, uh, take a few classes. You, you jumped in feet, feet first. Um, and you probably did all of the different trainings and certifications that NAPO has to offer. I've done quite a few, not all of them. There's yeah. a lot. <laughs> I was, I, I, that came out of my mouth, and I'm like, wait, you should tell us about all of the training and certifications because I know there's a lot. Oh my goodness, there's so many. There's so there's different types of training and certifications. There's this uh, if you join NAPO you're a provisional member and to become a professional member, there's three classes that, you know, they want everybody to take. And so it's like ethics and some organizing basics just to kind of get you a foundational knowledge and get you to professional membership so that you can say, I'm a professional member. I am listed on their website and I've taken these classes, you know, so I have some basics Um, then after that, there's specialist certificates you can get, you can get, uh, things like a productivity for teams. You can get home organizing specialist certificate. There's, I think we have eight specialist certificates and we have more coming out and then you can do areas of study. And then beyond that, you can go for certification also. 
And there's training and classes for that reading. You have to have experience. You have to have like hands-on working experience so much. And then you have to take a test for certification. So it's a little bit of a different, you have to have CEUs to maintain it. And it's like a constant, um, staying qualified, staying in the know, like knowing what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You continue that. Well, and that's, um, as a professional organizer, that's something that not only um, gives you the the tools and the skill set to be able to do your job well, but it's also kind of a, a branding or a positioning mechanism being like, you know, I'm, I'm the real deal because I am a member of this professional organization. I was trained and certified through this professional organization, and I have to keep up my my certification, it, it gives another level of credibility that isn't necessarily required in the industry, right? But it gives them so many more tools to work with. Correct. And as a consumer, I think that's really important to look at because really anybody could hang a sign out and say, I'm a professional organizer. Sure. And um, what I've learned personally through my experiences my background's engineering and lean manufacturing. And so I'm really great at streamlining processes and I can see the easiest avenue to get something done. And, you know, that's, that's my superpower. But what I've learned through getting my certification and being a part of NEPO is how much psychology is part of everybody's being and understanding and how everybody processes things different and they learn different and how different just because a system works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody. Right. So that's the stuff I've learned, not just from NAPO education, but also from my colleagues at NAPO, because there's this constant conversation going on about, you know, how to handle different things. Anyway, there's, um, as a consumer, I would say you are choosing well, if you choose a NAPO member, because they are exposed to a lot more, um, than just how they organize stuff. Sure, sure. So something that I have, uh, I think I've been observing is that it seems like there is an increased demand in organizing services. And so that's kind of what led me down this path and then seeking you out um, Mm -hmm. is just kind of thinking through, you know, is this just in my circle or is this something that you guys are seeing at an industry level is there an increased demand for professional organizing services and why, and if so, why do you think that might be? Um, so I just have anecdotally, I can say, yes, (laughs) I don't Uh have any numbers and statistics behind it, but I know, uh, there's more and more people on the social media talking about organizing. There's more, you know, Instagram influencers talking about organizing. There's, the home edit. And then there's this thing that happened in 2020 where everybody came home and started working from home and had time to start addressing some of the stuff in their spaces that they didn't have time to notice before, or they noticed, but they just didn't have time to deal with it. So they, you know, so I would say 2020 was a little bit of a an opportunity for everybody to regroup and um, reevaluate what they want in their spaces. And then 2021 is where we really started seeing things pick up and everybody, you know, 
what a lot of people discovered. So a lot of people can get it done themselves, which is great, you know, but there are people who still struggle, even if they had time getting the organizing done and right. figuring out what the first step is and sure, where to start, how to right, figure out to the systems, <laughs> right. how to maintain. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so what happened in 2020 is they had time, but they didn't know the strategy to get them where they wanted to be. And so um, after a little bit of time, we started getting a lot more people reaching out to help, how to help me get to where I want to be. I know yeah. where I want to be and I just need help. And were some of them, um, you know, you, you said it like 2020 people wanted to do more, you know, they were spending more time in their homes. And do you think maybe some of them started and was like, uh, I, I need help <laughs> because maybe they tried. And then just a month later, things were just kind of back to the back same to where they were. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because one of the keys is setting up systems that you can maintain. Right. And a lot of times we see a photo and we're like, oh, that looks beautiful. I'm going to set up that system. Right. A perfect example is, um, you know, the beautiful containers in the pantry where they're all labeled and everything is decanted into the containers. Looks amazing. And you could set it up and you would be so happy. But then the first time you get groceries, you're like, okay, I don't have time to decant. So I'm just going to set some stuff here and I'll decant later. And then the second time you get groceries and then you start realizing you have empty containers and you have the product that should be in the containers because you've created a system that you have to maintain. So you have to balance that with what you have time with. And um, yeah, so everybody, you know, you could create that system and you could have time time to maintain it. But if you didn't, then yes, people are coming around saying, okay, I need some more help. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I know even, um, for me, so I, I have mixed feelings about decanting because yes, it looks beautiful. And I could see some products in my pantry that, you know, I don't always use a full box of the rotini noodles. So, so decanting that or having, um, storage for the extra would be great. Um, but I don't want to open every box of pasta and do this and add an hour to my coming home with groceries routine. However, (laughs) I do decant all of our supplements. So on our counter, we have a lazy Susan and it has to be visibly in front of my family and I, for us to take our supplements every morning. So multivitamin, extra vitamin C, we do a a prebiotic, probiotic. Uh Um, So these things that if they're right in front of us, right in front of the coffee machine, (laughs) we will do it. And so I, I, you know, just use mason jars and I got really excited with my label maker and, and that decanting those things helps us regularly take that stuff. So it's worth the, you know, 40 minutes a week or 40 minutes every couple of weeks. And it, it's probably not even that long, but it, it's worth the extra time because it helps me accomplish the thing. Right. 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 What you've done is you've set up a system that reminds you to take your supplements every day. It like encourages this really good habit. It's super easy to do the way you've set it up. The only pain point is the decanting, but it's such 
a priority for you that it's okay. Whereas the flour or the sugar may not be a priority. (laughs) Right. Right. I should also, I love that. Oh yeah. Thanks. Well, and before everyone is um, picturing like all of these gross, like fish oil supplements and things, they are literally all gummy vitamins. (laughs) So they're probably colorful and pretty. And delicious. So I don't have to twist my kids' arms. Just like here, you're starting your day with some gummies. (laughs) But I love how um, over the past couple of years, you know, we have spent more time in our homes. And I feel like even myself personally, I've been able to see, you know, how we function as a family and just put to put in place these systems that help us, you know, do these, these things that we want to do. And it seems like, like you said, you on social media, lots of more, lots more people are talking about it. Um, it seems like people are, are advertising, um, pro-organizing solutions and services and products and that sort of thing. Um, do you, do you think, um, so let me back up and say, um, you said that you have 3,500 members. Have you seen an uptick in increase of NAPO members or increase in topics or categories that NAPO members want information on? Good question. You know, actually our memberships has stayed steady over Mm -hmm. this period of time, which we've seen as a positive because a lot of people have shifted careers in 2020 and had to you know, shift personally some things so that our membership has stayed steady, has been a good reflection of where we are as an industry. Yeah. And so some of it's coming and going, you know, there's always going to be a little bit of coming and going, but we've stayed steady. So that's good. Um, And then what was the, oh, I know the second part was like the, what we have seen a real uptick in is the amount of people taking classes Okay. And so more of our membership, they're starting to, well, say this, our members had as much time as other people in 2020. (laughs) And so I think they took that opportunity to say, you know, I have time. My schedule's not full because I can't be in clients' homes right now. And so I'm going to invest in, you know, some education and so we did see an increase in um, people taking our education classes and improving themselves. Um, a little bit of an uptick in people seeking certification. You know, they just had the time to put to studying and they had the hours of work. They just needed to, you know, put in a little bit of studying time to take the test and things like that. So we're seeing upticks and stuff like that, like people yeah. investing in themselves. Yeah. And you have a conference every spring or every year, every other year, every year, every year. Okay. (laughs) And I say that except 2020. Right. 2020 was this big. I know. I know. Black space. (laughs) Yes. We have conference coming up in Baltimore on April 27th, I believe is the first day. It's 27th, 28th, 29th and 30th or I think it's the 27th, but um, yeah, it's going to be great. We have great education sessions, programming. We have some sponsors that have stepped up to sponsor our keynote and 
They really want to, um, it's people who want to work with professional organizers and have them as parts of their teams. And, um, it's going to be, I, it's going to be fun. It's going to be great being back in person too. Cause we haven't had an in-person conference for a couple of years. Yeah. How many people generally come to your conference? Typically about 500. Oh, and wow. I will say if you're a professional organizer and, you know, we tend to work on an, we're in an Island, we have our own business, yeah. you know, we're, we're all in of, our own cities. We're in our own cities. Uh, this conference, I will, it took me a few years to get there, but when I got there, I haven't stopped going because uh, it's kind of where you meet your people. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Everybody is trying to do the same, similar things, not exactly the same. Everybody's, you know, trying to learn and service their clients better. And everybody's like, you know, they always say the staff at the hotel, they're probably the happiest the week we're there. (laughs) (laughs) So we, so we were talking a little bit ago before we started recording about Kansas city. Uh So when I lived in Kansas city, I worked downtown Kansas city. um, So downtown Kansas city, Missouri, right next to, I think it was Bartle convention hall. Mm -hmm. So we had this game between uh, my coworkers and I, we would, we called it name that convention because you'd have all of these people that looked nearly identical walking in mass groups into this convention hall. And so every week we would be like, okay, these are uh, like, these are farmers. Uh-huh. It's a farmer convention. Um, the next week I was like, okay, these are hairstylists. This is the hairstyling convention. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, as you were saying that I was visualizing all of the professional organizers kind of coming in a, right. in a group. <laughs> well, at least I will tell you this, our rooms probably all look very similar where everything's put away and yes. cleared up and maybe some of them even make their beds. <laughs> yeah. I bet, I bet the hotel does like that because I am guessing you're not leaving a disarray, you know, leaving the rooms in a disarray. <laughs> <laughs> We typically don't do that. <laughs> right. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what kind of demographic do you see in your membership? Does it tend to be, um, you know, ages 35 to 50? Like, what does the demographic of your organization tend to look like? Such a good question. What we have seen is this is an industry that is usually a second career. You know, so people have had a previous professional life before, and um, a lot of them want a little bit more work-life balance, or yeah. or they have this, uh, you know, this organizing superpower, and they want to help other people do that, and so they're it's coming in as a second career. Um, but I say that with a little bit of an asterisk because we're also starting to see people. Uh, coming right out of college and starting the business. So I think, you know, typically in the past, it's been a second career, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel that could be, oh, this could be a first career potential of people wanting to start a business. And this is, um, 
an avenue to do that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And actually, um, an article I'm working on right now for Business Insider, I'm a regular contributor there. Um, this article that I'm working on, I'm kind of looking at kind of uh, the the great resignation um, that you know we're we're hearing about people leaving their careers or leaving their jobs, deciding that they want more flexibility, um, more more control over their own schedule. Um, there's also, I think this was, uh, this was a, a different business insider article called, um, the hidden resignation. I don't know if you've heard of this term, no. but it's basically employees not being as engaged as they used to be. Oh. And so they haven't necessarily pulled the trigger on a decision of changing jobs or leaving the workforce and, and starting their own business. But people are, this article showed people are admitting to, or uh, admitting to not being as engaged, not being, um, not working as many hours. And I think we're kind of in this societal shift where our, um, you know, those of us that tend to be workaholics have kind of always been rewarded for that. Mm -hmm. And 2020, like just knocked us all on our behinds because there was no workaholicing out of that situation. Right. Um, and so that's one of the, th another reason I wanted to talk with you is just kind of thinking through, you know, what are people, um, you know, what's, what's the psychology behind people that are making these changes in careers. Um, and then what I was seeing was this uptick in people talking about professional organizing, like on social media and different things. And then just kind of thinking, okay, it seems like there's a demand. It seems like people are looking for opportunities to have their own businesses and serve and help people. So it just seems like this could be kind of this great fold kind of, you know, folding in the cheese, if you've ever watched right. Schitt's Creek of, um, you know, the demands and then people looking for something different to do. Do you think that's what's going on? I, I think you're putting it all together very nicely. As okay. I, you're listening. I'm like going, Oh my gosh, this makes sense because people are wanting organizing. And then this, these people wanting you know, the flexibility of their own business with skills that they have, right. That they can harness into making money. So it's, it's kind of, it's a little bit of a match made in heaven right now. <laughs> right. Well, and professional organizing is a business that you don't have to have a huge, um, upstart. There's not right. huge overhead, um, like with a lot of kind of consulting or service-based businesses or knowledge service-based businesses, you can just start with your computer or your phone and making calls. And um, so there's kind of a low barrier for right. entry. You can start just telling your friends and family that you're starting to do it. And right. because there's enough interest in the services, I, you know what? I will tell you this, almost everybody that I meet and when they find out what I do, they're like, oh, I could use you or, <laughs> oh, I know somebody who could use those services. It's kind of, yeah. it's like a, we all know and, um, know people who can use us and use our services. So yes, I think well, that I think it's a huge opportunity right now. Well, and I think there's such a broad spectrum of people that need help. 
um, you know, for years and years, I don't know when the TV show Hoarders started, but for years and years, you know, psychologists um, and kind of mental health professionals would would help um, with that process. Um, and so that was kind of the, the topical cultural conversation, but I think over the last couple of years, you know, the home edit and Marie Kondo, some of these others have kind of made it, um, more accessible, more, just, just more like we're talking about it more. People are seeing these TV shows and talking about it. It's normalized. It's normalized. It's not an extreme. It's like an everyday living, you right. know, and it, it's like, it's just living your life and making it as, as beautiful and as functional as you can. Yes. And I guess what I'm kind of thinking through kind of the, the pendulum that I'm seeing is, you know, kind of this extreme situation of like the hoarders right. TV show. And then, um, people, a lot of people in my generation kind of went to minimalism, um, a handful of years ago. (laughs) Yes. Because honestly, because I see all the stuff my parents have and I'm like, I don't want that. Right. And then your children don't either. (laughs) Right. And then we've kind of seen, you know, with, with 2020, it's like, okay, so we're here, we're home. Uh, we need more things than maybe minimalism. And so it's like, so then maximal, is it maximism, maximalism? <laughs> I don't know. The home edit, the ladies talk about how they're maximists or something. They use some oh, word, yeah, but it's okay. basically like maximizing. Um, and so they're not saying, get rid of all your stuff. They're mm-hmm. saying, organize it beautifully. And in these systems that make sense for your family. So I just right. love the spectrum of um, of help and services that professional organizers can provide. Yeah, you know, it's interesting as you were going through like the timeline of everything. When I first started in 2008, um, I remember working with my lawyer and creating my business, the LLC and stuff. And he, it was a gentleman and he was like, what is this? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. And so this was 2008. And then, you know, I'm working and then, you know, the TLC show comes on hoarders and then people find out what I did. And then that was the first question. Do you work with people who hoard? And yep. so then that was the question. And then now it's evolved into way more than that. People are much more aware of what the industry is now. Yeah. That is so interesting. And I love that you've, I mean, you've, you've been there throughout this entire evolution. It's, you know, I didn't realize it until you were vocal verbalizing the phases. And I was like, oh yeah. And I even remember before that when nobody even knew what I was doing. Right. Right. Yeah. I've, I've talked with the pro organizers that have been in the business for 20, 25 years. And I just remember thinking like, how did you tell people what you did? Because people did not understand. 20 right. years ago. Yeah. And no website, no social media. Right. I don't know how they did it. Right. <laughs> I'm always right. impressed. Word of mouth. Word of mouth is always a charm. Yes, absolutely. On average, or just kind of thinking through um, the different members that you interact with regularly, how long would you say your members have been in the business? Do they tend to be some kind of 
OG 2000s or are a lot of them new or what's the span? That is a really good question. So I might refer you to Jen for that yeah. because she actually has the numbers on that. Okay. Um, and I, I know I've seen the numbers of years in business because we've done surveys. Sure. Um, but I would reach out to her on that to give you the real demographic or the real, because it's a pretty broad, you know, yeah. there's, there's a big chunk, the zero to five. Yep. There's a big chunk that are the 20 plus, And then there's a big chunk in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Um, I know that, you know, your membership, would you have any sort of guess on how many people are in the industry as professional organizers? Well, that's a really good question because um, I don't know. I have no idea, but I will tell you, there's always people in Omaha popping up that are doing the services I've never heard of. them, And I'm always like, Oh, there's somebody else doing it. There's somebody else doing it. So I think our membership is probably a a kind of a small portion of what's really going on out there. And again, it's costs money to be a member of NAPO. It costs money to invest in your education. So there's this group that right now possibly don't have the funds. They're just starting and they're trying to make money to do that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So they're trying to get started. And um, so anyway, I don't know the answer, but I feel like there's a lot more than what's in our membership. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been a little bit shocked. I I, I guess shocked isn't too aggressive of a word. When I was looking around on Facebook for different groups of professional organizers, Mm -hmm. I, um, I got involved in a couple of groups that are massive, like 29,000 people in these groups. And I'm like, are there that many professional organizers? It's amazing. It's amazing. Yes. And I think at some level, there probably is, you know, they may not be doing it full time. They might be yeah. doing it part time. They might be. And some of these groups it. are, yeah. Some of these groups yeah. are, if you're starting out or thinking about starting out. So, right. Exactly. And they could have been thinking about it a couple of years ago and joined the group yeah. or, but I think there's, there's definitely a lot of interest in the industry. Yeah. Um, Okay. So you mentioned uh, your background is manufacturing or engineering lean. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, (laughs) What got you into professional organizing? So when I was an engineer, um, I worked at Quaker Oats and then General Motors in Kansas city. And um, I was focusing on processes, streamlining processes, high quality, high efficiency. That was kind of my, my thing. And then I had children and I decided I was working really long hours, especially at general motors. It was, I was like, I'm sure, right. I'm working and sleeping. I was young, didn't have children, so I could do it. And there were great benefits to doing that too. So I'm not going to complain, Yeah, but, um, when I had my first child, it was kind of a decision of, you know, what, who, how are we going to handle having a child? Cause my husband traveled for his work. So between the two of us, it was like, somebody has got to take care of this kid. 
So I decided to stay home for a few years. And what I found myself doing was lean processing my home. Like I was setting up processes and systems. So, you know, things were simple and ran smoothly and we were communicating well, and we had, you know, everything and it functioned well for my children. So they could be independent as early as possible, you know, and maintain always my goal as well. (laughs) You know, exactly. Like they have to be adults sometimes. So we have to, you know, empower them. And so through that process and I, we ended up having four children. And then after my fourth was born, I was like, all right, I'm ready to go back now. You know, what do I want to do? And I started pursuing, you know, possible engineering jobs. And then we had created this lifestyle by moving to Omaha. My husband was working at a home at that time. And we were really a core family unit. Like we were having lunch together. He was pushing the kids on the swing at lunch and, Mm -hmm. and I was home and I was able to volunteer. I was able to be engaged. You know, it was just, it was a lifestyle that was like, wow, we really have something magical right here. Yep. And so when I started looking for something else, knowing that I'd be traveling or I'd be working long hours and I was like, okay, what, you know, where, what are our priorities and what, what do we value here? And so we had some long conversations and then, you know, I kept exploring. And then finally I had lots of conversations and I had lots of digging deep and trying to figure out what can I do? And then I, you know, it's a long story about how I discovered organizing and, but it was about, I read an article about filling your life with your passion and it's Mm -hmm. either through work, volunteering hobbies, but fitting your passion in somewhere. So then it was an exploration of, okay, what's my passion. (laughs) So, and that just led me to organizing and productivity. I love that. Um, So for you, it was very much a kind of a life season that helped you prioritize and put you on the path of creating your business, being able to schedule your own hours and, and when you worked. Um, and, and that's why I think a lot of people start their own businesses is because they want to be in charge of what their life looks like. And, um, and, you know, before you have kids, it's like you said, it's, it's okay to work long hours and, you know, travel and do these different things, but um, but you really do have to reprioritize once you, once you have more than yourself, I think what you just described as a life season could also be what a lot of people went through in 2020. Cause yes. you know, we get on these treadmills of what's normal of, um, you know, working eight, nine hours a day, driving to driving from, you know, just, just kind of these systems that we had in place that we didn't really have a whole lot of time to stop and think if we wanted to keep doing it until we were forced to stop and evaluate. And I just think it's so fascinating that just as people were all kind of going through this reshuffling phase of who we are and what we want to spend our time doing. Um, I, so, so I, a lot of people I, I talk to have been in 
and a lot of people I help have been in professional organizing for a long time. My background is actually marketing business development. And I've been in this space just for a couple of years now. But um, so I'd been in marketing business development for my entire career. So nearly 20 years. But my passion, like you were saying, um, when I really dug into what my passion is, is that it's small business, helping small business owners. Um, and it had always been service-based small business owners, but I always enjoyed working with women primarily. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of found myself in this, this area after working with a few friends and working with a few different professional organizers. And so my passion is really making marketing simple so that all of my PO friends can keep doing what they love and not have to focus so intently on like the actual marketing and business development pieces. I love that. And you know what, that's using your strengths, yep. you know, versus me. I'm not a marketing person. I always, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can, you can tell me all the marketing secrets. Yeah, because I get that is so not my wheelhouse. I, you know, and I get I so nerdy, organized. <laughs> I get so nerdy, excited about it. And yeah, I love um, that. <laughs> at first I remember, I think somebody a while back asked me if I was a professional organizer and I'm like, I'm an amateur organizer, <laughs> but I help professional organizers. Kind of like what you were describing with, um, with the conference, the NAPO conference and, and being with your people. Oh, um, yeah. It's very much felt that way for me too. Cause I've always, you know, I've always organized my life and my house, my family in systems, you know? Uh, so, so it just, you know, it feels very comfortable. Oh, that's great. I love that. So what do you see? Um, what do you see as the next, what do you see as the industry continues to grow? How do you think professional organizing will continue to evolve and expand? So that's a really good question because, you know, like right now we're looking at the home edit is really influencing a lot of what people want. They want things to look pretty. They want to, you know, labels and pretty containers. And um, I think there might be a little bit more of a focus in my mind, a shift of to processes mm-hmm. because um, I have a feeling that some of this might backfire eventually. And, and some of it, it's beautiful and it may function well, but sometimes we create systems with too many steps, just like mm-hmm. the decanting systems. And the people are, if people start to get frustrated, they might take a step back and say, all right, I just need to simplify and I need to streamline processes and minimize steps. And so it could go a little bit more that way, just seeing where we are right now. Um, I will tell you, people also are valuing time more. Yeah. And they're willing to say no to things. So there could be a big um, tick in the productivity piece. And we can't make time and we can't find time, but we can prioritize things yeah. so that we're spending time on the right stuff. And I think we're, it's coming into focus what the right stuff is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so 
people are a little bit more engaged and and going that path too. So I don't there's there's several possibilities. You know, we have all of these baby boomers also downsizing right. and wanting to simplify. And so there could be this whole, you know, shift to smaller homes and minimizing their stuff. Sure. You know, but then there's that opportunity of what do we do with all their stuff? Because right. And the adult know, children. Yeah. What do we do with it? How do right. we prioritize and keep a handful of sentimental items? Right. right. But not right. The best. Right. And what does that look like and helping people make those decisions? So there's so many different things going on right now. It'll be interesting to see what bubbles up next. Yeah. Well, I love it. I think that the future is bright for professional organizing. I think there's just so much opportunity um, to help help transform lives. And that's that's another thing that I love about this industry is that um, as, as POs, you're not just transforming a space, you're really transforming a person's life because you're putting together these systems that make things more efficient, reduces stress, and they're just better able to live their lives. And I think that's only going to continue and be become more important. And um, I think there's going to be a lot that, that we're going to be able to get out of that. Yeah. I, you know what, that's the most rewarding piece of my work is when I work with someone for a while and all of a sudden there's this spark of happiness. There's this spark of not feeling overwhelmed. You know, there, you can just kind of feel a lighterness to them or a lightness to them. And it's just, um, it's good. It's good when I work with people at their work or in their homes, getting it all functioning and going well together. It's just like a, a life changing transformation. It's amazing. Absolutely. Very satisfying to, uh, to watch as well. It is. (laughs) It is. Yes. So there are, um, some resources, um, on your website and that's napo.net, right? Okay. And there's also a newsletter people can subscribe to. Is that accurate? Um, and there's, uh, or maybe just joining Facebook. What, how can people find Napo and how should they interact with you? Um, napo.net is probably the best way to just go on there. You, if you're looking for a professional organizer, then there's a search function where you can find a pro. And then there's this whole area of becoming a pro. So you can find a pro or become a pro. We can help you either way. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Amy. I really appreciate it. And I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for inviting me. It was nice chatting with you. Nice to meet you. You too. Thanks for listening to Pro Organizer Marketing Made Simple. Head over to the website for full show notes at proorganizermarketing.com. There, you can also sign up for free tools and resources to grow your business. See you next time.